Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Doug Hill, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Today's podcast, I'm going to chat about money in relationships. Ooh, I heard you say. That's interesting, isn't it? And when you bring up money in relationships, I mean, nowadays we see so many people in, how do you say, I'd say unmarried situations, but you know what I mean, people sharing houses, whether regardless of what configuration of the relationship it doesn't bother me which one it is, but you know I, I have um, friends who are gay and, and that, and they discuss some money things with me and everything else. And regardless of what goes on, it's you need to understand whether you're in, a, you know, you know, you're young and you're just you know sharing a house, whether you're uh, in a relationship, you know, with a boyfriend girlfriend whatever, whether you're married um, or long term committed relationships, financial things you need to sort out and make sure you're looking after yourself I mean especially nowadays with it's easy to be transient on that side and we're seeing a lot of single people in their 50s or more more women than men I think Um, uh, so it it really does pay to really look after your finances and I think it's even more so for ladies and not to be sexist but um, I'm talking about most ladies have less super than men simply for two reasons one is um, a lot of jobs that ladies do pay less than a lot of the jobs that guys do. Um, but secondly, there's superannuation if they've had, you know, if the ladies have had babies, etc. They've had time off. Obviously, there's less in their super, so it really does pay to really, you know, um, get stuck into your money, and especially in a relationship if you're living in a shared arrangement with a partner. Um, it makes it even more important. But, you know, in, money can be really the hardest subject to discuss. And I know some couples prefer to have a, have a one joint bank account and everything else is separate in terms of their their income coming in and then they pay for themselves. I've had many married people do that. Um, other married people like myself and my wife, we're, we're just, everything is just together. It's like it just made sense to us. Definitely makes sense to me that everything's joint. We both co-working we are and to me being married is being one not two you know so it's just I don't maybe I'm old-fashioned like that but to me it's when you when you know you ask somebody to marry you you're wanting to be one a, a single entity rather than two separate entities so to me having everything together is fine and even if you're married and you've got two separate bank accounts it's still like one anyway in the end if one person leaves uh, it's pretty much the same as that but you know it's really hard subject to breach for a lot of people because generally in a relationship you have one person that sort of does all the paying all the bills and managing all that sort of stuff the if it, dare I use the word budget a lot of people 
um, shy away from that sort of stuff. But one's there and the other one doesn't care. So, but I think everybody needs to care. Well, sorry, everybody does need to care. So if you plan to share your life with somebody, whether they're married or not, you know, your financial discussions should be part of regular life or you might face some consequences and those consequences may not be fantastic. Um, but it doesn't, and again, it doesn't matter whether you've been in a relationship for many years or just starting out. I'm just going to give you a few tips um, to help you concerning these financial matters. So, And you can take them to the level that you'd like to take them on. But the first one is really commit. to Not to the relationship, but you're already committed to that. Well, I hope you are. Um, what I mean by that is commit to co-managing the financial situations. You know, you know, what you focus on, you get. You know, and so to me, you know, budgeting and setting down goals is, is really the best thing that you can do. And, and um, you know, as I said in a previous podcast, I know a lot of people don't like taking responsibility, but if you don't want to take responsibility for stuff, then you just get what you get given. And probably the example um, I can give you is um, uh, um, I was married before my current wife, well, my last wife, if I could say that one. Um, my wife thinks that's funny when I say you're my last wife. I, You know, that's it. Um, but my first wife used to pay all the bills and whatever else, and we were both working hard. We were both very, very young, and we were both working hard. And and you know, I'd look at the bank account in the month, and I go, "Where's the money?" And she goes, well, "What do you mean?" I go, well, "Where's the money?" And I said, "We, it's almost, you know, it's almost down to zero. We work hard. We make reasonable incomes. What's going on? I want to invest more. I want to go and you know, put more money into the stock market. I want to do this. I want to do that." And he goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," but she wasn't necessarily in the same mindset as myself as about being successful and being. You know, building up a big investment portfolio. She was much more in shopping, if that makes sense. Um, and so what happened was I'd say, okay. And then you know, I said, well, we need to budget and put some money away. Oh, yeah, cool. Next month, same thing happened. After about three months, I said, look, I've had enough of this sort of stuff. We need to be budgeting. You know, We've moved into our, our house and everything else. All the major expenses should have been gone. We're now married. We don't have all those expenses what's going on and I said unless this starts to get under control I'm going to take over all the budgeting and uh, it didn't fix and so I took over the budgeting but what I did was I sat down and said write down everything you spend money on which happened I said in a, and uh, everything and so we added up for a year and then divided by 12 I said okay that's monthly if I put that much money in your bank account you'll be happy she said yes I said everything else your car insurances all that stuff I'll pay for but everything else you need to meet so your lunches your coffees your clothing blah blah blah, out of the money i put into that bank account uh, she goes yeah so i did that and she ran out of money in two weeks and then said what do i do i said well you've run out of money simple and she goes well what do i eat for lunch i said there's bread stuff make some lunch and take it to work because um, i was paying for petrol and other stuff well sorry i wasn't but you know what i mean the, the, the funding for the petrol was coming out of the joint budget um second month got three weeks and after the third month she was still spent she started saving money she actually got the understanding that for us to actually get ahead she had to plan a lot more rather than just go out and spend and it was a real tough lesson for her and she's and she since thanked me for it that's not the reason why we split up but she did thank me for it but again it's about me 
committing to managing it for her and, and not co-managing it, but being a part of that and helping her understand that for us to get our goals, we needed to be a couple, we need to be joint, and we need to be focused on where we want to go because she wanted the nice house, the nice cars, the nice holidays and all that sort of stuff. But to get that, we had to build up our investments and build up our share portfolio, our proper portfolio, property portfolio, all that sort of stuff. And to do that, we had to be budgeting. So I had to bring it all the way down, and so she's learnt learnt that lesson from from that, and we then started co-managing everything from then on. So we budgeted together and did everything else. So we actually started achieving goals and we started investing a lot more, which is fantastic. So commit to co-managing because most often, as I said, we are one one handles the financial matters and the other one forgets about it, but. Don't sit there and think they're going to do everything and everything's going to magically happen for you. You do need to manage household funds together and share that responsibility. Also, leave your judgments at the door is another one. It's one of the main reasons why financial discussions go nowhere pretty fast. And that's a tendency for people to blame each other for financial mistakes. I wasn't blaming my wife for anything at the time. It's just that's the way she was doing it and that's the way she knew how to do it. I was just saying, we need to fix this. So don't go in with any judgments and don't go in with, uh, oh, well, I owe more money than you, so I should get this. It's a, You are a couple for a reason and it shouldn't be because you or some or you owe more money that you just dominate the other person. Oh, I owe more money you, so I should get more of this or I should get more you know, clothing budget or I should be able to do X, Y and Z. You're a team. You're committed to each other. Therefore, to me, it's just working that one out. But leave your judgments at the door and uh, and stay open-minded and flexible. So, But once you've got your goals written down of where you want to be in one year, five years and ten years, you know what's going on and then you both work towards it. The other part is you need to keep reviewing that on a regular basis, maybe quarterly. Just review, go over the bills, the receipts, what's happening, the financial paperwork, go over. Every year you need to go over your insurances, your life insurances, your health insurances, all of those things and have a look at see whether you're achieving what you need to do and you're maintaining the costs on that side and that you are getting where you want to go because you know, the, you're working together means it's, everything's really clean and you can focus on a positive outcome for both of you, not just one of you. Because the biggest thing that causes people, uh, marriages and couples to split is money. And that's because one's been managing it, the other one's one. The one that manages it feels like they're being used and abused because they do all of that and the other one just watches TV. And the other one feels like, well, they're not getting anywhere because the other one's not looking after them. So they tend to blame each other or oh, that's what happens. And then when there's no money there... And you just need to look in the mirror. If there's no money there, you just look in the mirror and the person standing there looking at you is the person that's at fault. Get involved. Leave your judgments at the door. Commit. Review the situation on a regular basis. Make lists of all your debts. And go into, I always used to sit down with my ex-wife and we'd sit down and we'd write down our yearly, everything we'd spend our money on here and we'd break it up into 12 monthly things. And it was a whole, like, an, I won't say an accounting system, but we would allocate money like your grandmothers did into little packets. You know, grandmother had the milkman come and the little money come out of a packet or a jar, that sort of stuff. And so when you don't have a lot of money, if you do that way, you'll find you'll give them a lot more freedom. But reviewing what you're doing and paying your bills and, and trying to get rid of debts, like, you know, especially bad debts like credit cards, that sort of stuff. Getting all that running smoothly is a lot less stress, a lot less pressure on the situation and in the the relationship as well. You have a better relationship. You'll be much more focused, much happier. Stay together longer. Much cheaper to stay together than pay your lawyers to split everything up, isn't it? But also remember, you've got to work on your plan. Now, if you you don't plan for success, you're planning for failure. 
Um, and chances are good if you weren't discussing money um, for any length of time, neither of you will have a true appreciation of each other's financial goals. So you do need to discuss your short, long-term goals and the financial outlook, like I said a minute ago. You know, what, what are you doing in a year, two years, five years? You know, on the two well, last weekend, or about 10, 12 days ago, I was with my friends. Um, we did a comedy cruise and Bass Strait, not, not a good time to do it. Going on Bass Strait's rocky enough, but we had a cyclone off the coast. It was pretty rocky, but that's okay. Whole new story. But I was with some friends, and one of them was talking about doing a cruise through um, through all the fjords in Sweden and all that sort of stuff, and um, like a two-week cruise or something like that, and, and in three years' time. And he was talking about that with his wife, and we we this couple, we've cruised through Asia with them on a 17-day cruise, and... And three years away, he's talking about. I said, I think that's fantastic that they're planning. Now these people don't have lots of money, and that's you know, and they're planning these things and budgeting for these things. But they're financially very responsible. Um, you know, they don't have high-paying jobs, but they budget and they get there. And, and I said to them, Yep, count us in, we'll go. Um, and so that's a three-year target for us because there's one place we'd wanted to go as well. Um, we so that's you know been on our bucket list as well. So we're going to kill another one of things on our bucket list in three years time but doing that working on a plan discussing those short medium and long-term goals together not just individually really does help you and list helps you list all your savings goals so you know whether you want to take a dream vacation or whatever it is with a new car um, or investment property shares whatever that is then having a list of all of that means you can focus on getting a better budget that frees you up because you've got a better savings plan. And, and again, you need to commit to working on that plan and sitting together on a regular basis, maybe quarterly, six-monthly. Um, always find the best start of the year is a great time to plan the year ahead and, and the next few years. If you struggle, you know, you're struggling to talk, get somebody to sit down with you, you know, somebody who can, you can trust, whether it's brother or sister or mum or dad or a financial person, your accountant, somebody like a mediator in the middle that can sit there and go, okay, well, what are your goals? Talk with you and pull out all the information. There are good financial coaches around that will help you do that as well. But if you find yourself struggling to do this, don't avoid it. Go work with somebody like a mediator. Somebody can help you. But again, you also need to celebrate too. And if you're reaching some of your goals, celebrate. Might be a dinner out. You know, let's say you have a savings goal of saving ten thousand dollars. Once you do that, go and have a nice dinner out, something like that. Because you do need to appreciate the journey, not just work your armpits off. And hopefully you're going to get there. But um, again, if you fail the plan, you plan to fail. But the important thing is to celebrate wins. Um, and so that's what I would suggest you do. Hopefully you found this one quite interesting for you. And hopefully it's a little bit of a motivator for you to get together with your partner. Because again, uh, it, to me, the divorce rate is way too high. And it's because money, people get so caught up on money. And to me, money money is uh, an energy vehicle. You know, it, it creates energy in everything and it increases the energy. So, you know, when you put your money on the line, where if on the stock market, automatically it puts your energy level up into that. So to me, looking at money and saying, okay, I work hard for it, make sure you do it and use it the right way so you achieve your goals. So as I said, so sit down with your partner, start planning, talking, getting involved, celebrate. Go for it, guys. Thanks. You've been listening to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Take care. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. 
For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.